Hi everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to announce three things. First, this is the last episode in the quarter, but we'll be back again in January. Second, in the middle of the episode, you'll hear a plug for Startup Soulmates, a browser app that I created to connect Kellogg entrepreneurs. It's kind of like Tinder meets Northwestern Innovation and Entrepreneurs. Please try it out as we've been getting a lot of traction already. Third and most important, we've been doing this podcast now for about six months. If you're tuning in for the first time, please make sure you subscribe to get notifications of the latest episodes. And also, if you've enjoyed these podcasts or not, I would really, really, really appreciate a review. It would take you less than 30 seconds, and it means so much to the EBC team. Those are my asks of you, and now, the show. Support support, support for this podcast is brought to you by the, the Kellogg Innovation Entrepreneurship Initiative. Think bravely. Think differently. Think collaboratively. We one had one truck, mock yeah. the day, was it the day before over the phone? We had like a conference call presentation practice. And then it was basically like, we have one hour, we're in this conference room in New York, like ready, go. And we went through it maybe once or twice. Uh, like one, and it was pretty bad, <laughs> if you ask me. Hello and welcome to My Startup Journey, a show where we interview Northwestern entrepreneurs, builders, visionaries, and classmates. Today we are talking to Eric Masters and Clarissa Bonilla about what they did to win the Venture Capital Development Competition against University of Washington, Wharton, Tuck, Dartmouth, and Harvard. Before we begin, full disclosure, Eric and Clarissa are both part of the EVC group, and you may have heard their miraculous voices on some of our sponsor ads. Along with Carlos Gomez and Frank Traeger, they went on to win the VCDC challenge as they are all interested in VC. But before we get to that, let's start off with them. When I asked if they were always into finance, this is what they had to say. No, I was actually interested in engineering and I uh, went to an week-long engineering camp at University of Cincinnati and decided that I was going to be a terrible engineer. I was kind of lost. I th- I'm pretty sure I asked my mom, like, what, mom, what should I major in? I think you would like business a lot. I'm like, sounds great. Sum me up. Naturally just fell into finance because it was still numbers and money, right? No, <laughs> I was not. So growing up, I really wanted to be an attorney. And so, what type of law? Um, Farm law. That's right. <laughs> no, I do like agriculture, but I didn't really think about too much about what type of law. My family always laughs at me because when I was little, I always said, I just want to ha- wear a business suit and have a cappuccino in hand. And so sometimes I still remember that when you're like going through the grind. I'm like, well, Clarissa, you're wearing your business clothes and you have a cappuccino in hand. So hashtag winning. But to back to your question, though. Um, I so I wanted to be an attorney and I when I was applying to schools I was going to go to a different university and then like life happens my dad got really sick my senior year of high school and so my parents made me accept a scholarship to um, a full ride to Indiana University Mm -hmm. so when I went to Indiana University I was like well if I'm here I might as well major in business because the Kelly School of Business is a really reputable school and then the rest is kind of history. Kind of fell into place, started with an accounting class, then I got into finance, and here we are. So what is it about finance that you both really like? I really liked math and was always really good at it. And so when I got to 
um, into some of my business classes, just it was sort of natural that there was more math involved with finance than other business subjects, right? So um, I, I love figuring out you know different ways to apply um, math and analytics to the field of finance, um, and at the same time I still did a minor in math and quantitative analysis, so I definitely took more of a quant approach to finance. And then I think what really sparked my interest specifically was investments um, within finance. Um, just learning about, uh, first learning about stock market, it's kind of where everyone starts. Um, I remember taking a bond class and being like, I hate bonds. And so um, I was always definitely more of an equity um, focused guy. And then when I started my career in investments, um, as an in investment consulting, uh, we were working with institutions. And so that exposed me to alternative investments. And uh, that's kind of where um, VC came into the picture because we had a lot of clients investing in private equity and venture capital. And eventually, uh, that's kind of what I'm where I got my focus on venture capital. And Clarissa, I'm really interested in your story too because you grew up on a farm. I know you're really tied back to your roots. What is it about finance and I guess home, the combination that gets you super excited? I would say my love for finance kind of stems from a different route. I would say, well, I certainly like the numbers, can definitely get behind crunching Excel spreadsheets. I really like the story behind finance. I started off in private wealth management um, and what I loved about that was going back to the investing side is like you were dealing with people and how they were managing their money and then relating to the stock market and how what was happening was affecting their portfolio. And so I just thought finance was always just really interesting from that standpoint of like how the news was playing into like directly impacting the consumer. And so I ended up um, after my analyst years, I transitioned to a law firm and that's where I work now and I work in the banking and finance practice. But after, but still have always been very just connected to the finance for the numbers side of things. And that now that we're at Kellogg, just learning more about startups and entrepreneurs and things like that, I see finance as a way to kind of help people continue those stories. And um, you can just do a lot of cool things in venture capital. So. Venture capital. Let's talk about this competition. That's the main the main meat of this. So I remember that there was a newsletter sent out and it had if you want to sign up for what is it what is the full name of the competition actually? Yeah, so it's Venture Capital Development Competition, V C D C. Um, it was the first year for it. Uh, sponsored by Trusted Insight, um, which I think I was the only one familiar with. Um, they do um, research for institutional investments. Um, so I was already getting like an email in my inbox from them. Um, I had never really used their service, but I was familiar with them. But when I looked into it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a really unique opportunity. I think a few months before that was the competition that most people know at Kellogg, the VCIC competitions, investment, venture capital investment challenge, I think. I actually had a team that I applied to that with and we didn't even make it through like the screening round. It's both of you. We have Eric, Clarissa, Carlos, and Frank. Correct. Yep. Right? And when you all came up with a team, because I remember there was that sign-up sheet and, and all that stuff, 
Pack. What was the prompt? I've never done a VC competition. Like a case competition, there's usually a prompt, and they give you either an hour, two hours to come up with a deck, or you get a whole night or a week, and you can do outside research. I'm familiar with that, but a VC competition, what is that? What's the format? I don't even know. So it was kind of interesting um, how the whole thing came together. I know you mentioned a newsletter in the beginning, and I would say I think Eric... Carlos and Frank maybe had a conversation beforehand that they were going to be the team. And I was on the newsletter to receive um, from EVC, from the EVC club. And so my personal reason behind it was I had never done a case competition in undergrad and I felt like it was something that everybody did. And I was like, you know what, this is something, I should do this, I should have this experience. So I clicked, it was a, a Google link or something that led me to a spreadsheet. I saw three names, no clue who they were at all. And I was like, perfect, here's another line, wrote my name, done. I didn't realize that the space, the box that I put my name in was assigning me to their team in particular. I thought I was just signing up to say that I had interest in it. So I distinctly remember our first call when we were talking about how we were going to come up with our fund. I think Eric was like, how are you even on our team? Like, who are you? So we all became fast friends. Um, and the idea just came from, the prompt was just come up with a venture capital fund. Since it was a venture capital fund development competition, we were just making like our fund from scratch and coming up with our thesis and what what we wanted to, what companies we wanted to comprise in our portfolio. And so that was basically it. And we tossed around some ideas I really wanted to have a social impact play. Um, I Then we talked about fintech, some of the other spaces, and then we just decided that based on our backgrounds that we probably had the most experience in the fintech space and it would be like a compelling story going back to just the whole story of finance. So how long did you have until the competition? So the initial screen just to get in is send your team name and sort of your initial idea um, and so that was fintech um, and then like a, a sample of five companies that we invested in so that was like the initial screen um, then from there they came back for round two they provided a, uh, a template for the PPM so the mm -hmm. private placement memo which is essentially if you're familiar with like in the investment world like mutual funds have prospectus Right, that every investor gets. So that's essentially the equivalent to a VC fund. And so we get this template and essentially the way it's laid out is you have like an executive summary and then you have your investment philosophy, mm -hmm. uh, your process, your team and background. Um, portfolio highlights. Yeah. And then like your due diligence. Or, or, yeah, so the portfolio companies um, we, we had like a big appendix for it too. So we, we, <laughs> did, we did a pretty d deep dive into each company. Um, like I personally met with the CEO of both my companies um, and we actually uh, utilized the outside impact framework that you learn in the entrepreneur and venture capital um, finance class here at Kellogg. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the framework we took for evaluating our companies. And I think if I can interject for a second, that framework was very helpful, particularly because we were pitching an early stage series A fintech fund. And so when you're looking at those companies, you don't have a lot of the tangible numbers that you'll, you will find with 
companies that are a little bit further developed. So using that framework, we were, we were evaluating the team, their experience, a lot of qualitative um, data points, if you will. And so that's part of the reason why our appendix is so large, but I think it helped us really dive into the companies and, and evaluate their potential moving forward. So yeah, so we had about a month to put together this PPM. Um, yeah. I spent a lot of time, I think over spring break, like the whole week, I just like. I remember yeah. researching companies in Africa. <laughs> so we could Yeah, do. that's right, yep. We were a team of four raising our first fund. Um, so it was like just a basic template and we got to decide everything. So all the terms of the fund, um, what yeah, what companies are we gonna invest in, what sector, I mean everything, what stage. Absolutely, and then too, looking at the holistic number, was it $10 million? For what? Our fund size? No, it was 50 million. 50 million. We're Sorry. investing <laughs> 15 to 30 companies, seed stage or series A, um, and we're looking to take about a 10 mm -hmm. to 20% ownership mm -hmm. stake with that pool of money. Gotcha. Um, we had like reserve capital of 25% for follow-on investments. Mm -hmm. gotcha. And then the, I think the neat thing about being able to just completely write the rules for our fund was even when we looked into the management fees. I think that was something that was unique about our fund in comparison to some of the other funds. And we had received some advice once we knew we were going to the finals. We were assigned like a mentor who talked to us for half an hour or so. If we're lucky, yeah. We <laughs> got like a 20 minute call. 20 minutes like, yeah. at most. But one of the things that he had mentioned that we really took to heart was he just said, you know, in reality, a lot of people just split a partnership like 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%, yeah. but just be and cognizant. And this is regards to the carry. The carry, right. So, but be cognizant of the fact that like in real life, not everyone's always going to be able to put equal amount of effort into your fund. And you may want to consider like structuring your fee to support that. And so I feel like we really took that nugget of information and worked it through our fund in terms of how we allocated the percentages. We gave Carlos a little bit more money up front to help manage some of the risks that he yeah, was carrying. More of the flat management mm -hmm. fee. The flat management fee. Less carry. Given the fact that he's like married, has a beautiful baby girl, and then you know, with consideration for the fact that Eric was going to be our chief investment officer, so really crunching the numbers, whereas Frank was more business development, and so he's like, I'm cool with getting a little bit less money because I recognize. I'm not going to be carrying it as much work as maybe some of the other roles. And then I took a little bit less money too because I wanted to maintain the flexibility to help the goat farm if need be. And again, I think all of that together just helped us create a real story that could actually play out in real life. So what is what is Gary? What is that? Yeah, so the way venture capital funds are structured similar to actually any private vehicle is there's typically a flat management fee of, so you always hear two and 20, right? Um, so that's sort of the, the standard in the industry is 2% management fee, 20% carry. So essentially that means you get 20% of the profits made on the fund. Um, so we also did that a little differently. Um, so it was 2% initially, and then it's, uh, that's during the investment period, which is five years, but the fund life is 10 years. So mm -hmm. it would scale down the uh, subsequent five years after the investment period. And then our carry was a little bit higher at 
25%, but we had put in a pretty um, aggressive benchmark. And I think this was another differentiator of our fund was um, rather than just 20% of the profits, um, our fund actually had to beat the public finance market. So the S&P 500 finance sector was our benchmark, and we had to beat that by 5% annualized in order to receive any of the carry. So did you all meet in person or was it always over the phone? We did. So our first conversation was over the phone when we were kicking around ideas of like what type of fund we were going to launch. And then it was the end of the quarter, people had finals, I went to Africa, and then the day I flew back from Africa that night, we met in Weeble. Was that our first meeting? Yeah, I think in it, person. It, our first meeting that, in person. I think <laughs> most of the meetings were in person. Yeah. Like once we from there. Once we got our PPM submitted, because I think a lot of that was yeah over break and stuff, so we had to do calls. Mm-hmm. Um, once we were selected for the final round, we had to put together an actual presentation. And how long? How long was the presentation? How long did you have until you had to submit that presentation? I think it was another month. Maybe two weeks. I, I think two weeks. Yeah, that, that might have been a right. quicker turn. That was, I feel like, if I recall, yeah, that was a quicker turn. I think we met turnaround. like a couple of times a week. We, as I said, we became fast friends. <laughs> yeah, and, and so we all yeah met and started putting together this deck um, and really figuring out how to tell our story. Stay tuned. When we return, Eric and Clarissa share tips of what they did to win and give more detail behind the VCDC competition. If you had two versions of a website, how do you know which one people would more quickly understand? Could they find the information they were looking for? How long would it take them? Built for UX testing, Usability Hub allows you to see which version of your site or app users prefer, where would they click, how many do they actually want, and much more. At $2.50 per targeted tester, it's a great way to gain insight about your designs and user interfaces. Sign up at our EBC site to get 40% off of three months or do a pay-as-you-go model. Hey, if you're an entrepreneur or working for a startup and you're looking to grow your business, stay organized, or help with presentations, you should probably listen right now. In this segment, we call this Entrepreneur Tools, and it's a chance for me to tell you about some cool tools that can help you do all that. I'm not scared of spiders or clowns, but I do have FOMO, fear of missing out. What if you could create a great startup, but you needed a partner, and she's sitting right next to you, but you both never met? Well, now you can. Startup Soulmates is a browser app that I created for you. Swipe through profiles of Kellogg students, read their ideas, mark if you or someone you know can help them, and then create your own profile. I'll then connect you to anyone you marked or to other like-minded students, and then I'll share details about classes, competitions, and each other. We've already had 30 entries and connected about 70% of the entrepreneurs. No download required, and you can get started by texting Start Me Up to 773 382-8378. Again, that number is 773-382-8378. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, Clarissa and Eric talked about how they got together for the competition and what they needed to do to prep for it. Now they're gearing up for the final round. Let's talk about this. And so you, you, uh, found out that you were going to the finals. Must have been pretty ecstatic to hear that. 
Well, did you believe yeah. that you were gonna make it to finals? I know you said that you didn't even make it to the passing round. Yeah, no, it was definitely a surprise. I would say I was surprised as well. Very excited. Especially um, given all, because we like submitted it and then all the craziness that happened in between then and when we actually found out that we made it to the finals. So it was a very pleasant surprise. Very cool. So you found that out and then how did you feel though? Were you pretty excited or were you just nervous? Like now this is pretty real and we got to produce something in a couple weeks. Yeah, I think Probably both. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of both for sure. Because when after you submit that, you kind of the PPM, you kind of forget about it. Absolutely. Because I mean that was a lot of work, and then when you find out that yeah, you got this tight deadline, and well, we're in the finals, we're like okay. And if I'm honest, and by then you're in the middle. I think we're in the middle of the quarter by then. Oh yeah, we were totally. So we have all our school work, all the other stuff, and we're like, all right, how are we gonna get this done? And if I'm honest, it's like you put. How long was our initial PPM? It's it's not a five-page document. It's a pretty hefty. It's like twenty pages. Like twenty pages, and so you put a lot of effort into it, but don't necessarily remember everything verbatim and then you find out you're going to the finals and so it's definitely like dusting off the ppm you're like wait we really need to know all of the stuff that is in here so you get you get told you're on the finals in new york and the company did they fly you out you have to out of pocket say everything what were the schools that were there what were the other schools uh wharton harvard harvard washington state washington u Dartmouth. No, they were from yeah. Washington. I don't know which the Washingtons are, but it's the one in Washington. Okay. I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Washington. Yeah. And then Dartmouth, yeah. Wow. So you got people from all over, all over the, the U.S. So you knew ahead of time that you were going to face those schools, or did you not even know what schools were going to be represented? No, we didn't know until we got there. That week before you left, was it super crunch time, or were you, or you were you planning out your work since then, so it wasn't so hectic up leading up to the day of the competition? I feel like it was pretty crunch time. Yeah, it was like I'm pretty sure I booked my flight the day before, the and then I actually I mean, missed my flight. Yeah, to New York. you want to talk about the New York experience? That was we were literally all over the city. Um, I think I was there first, but the plan was we actually met at my company's offices, which was conveniently across the street from where the competition was um, was going to be held. So we grabbed some sandwiches at this great restaurant that Eric picked out. <laughs> so we had our sandwiches good to go. We just went into this conference room and we were like, okay. And there was basically a dry run for the presentation. Like we had been very active in working together to putting all the pieces together. And I think everyone's strengths really came through in terms of like designing and how we were going to run through the presentation. We had like a really good grasp of it. But in terms of actually <laughs> practicing, a full go. We have one hour. We're in this conference room in New York, like ready, go. And we went through it maybe once or twice. Uh, like once. And it was pretty bad, <laughs> if you ask me. I was like, guys, we have to go. And we like, just completely fine. butchered this. I'm like, this is fine. Like, don't even worry about it. And I was like, no matter what happens, I'm so proud. Just have fun. And we just, you know, grab our stuff, march across the street, and we're like, go time. So you do this presentation. Did you get to see the other teams? Well, we actually didn't get to see the first team because we were running late trying to fit in our practice. Because <laughs> we were hoping all of our teammates were going to be in the city. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, that was my fault. Um, but <laughs> luckily, I caught the next flight and made it. So. Um, this is, this is kind of crazy to think if this was made into a movie we have all this stuff and then we have clarissa and her and carlos and frank like where's eric where's her? well no and to be candid at one point we were we were literally divvying up okay My part, if yeah. eric's not here who's talking about what and it was kind of like nose goes <laughs> but um but yeah. no we so we didn't see the first team um which we i didn't. think but we did we were second um, mm-hmm. So we literally just walk in and had to go, and then we got to see the other three teams after us. And what were what were the ideas for the other three teams? You said you wanted to do fintech. Uh, you have Which this management. Is, so yeah. it was actually interesting. So the one team that we didn't get to see, Dartmouth, they were actually the other team that pitched fintech. And so after we pitched, we're like, oh shoot, Dartmouth was fintech, and we have no idea what they said. Which. I guess was fine. And then Harvard pitched a millennial fund. Wharton pitched a fund that was focused on drone technology. And then Washington, it was a team of all females. They pitched a fund that was just like going to invest in women entrepreneurs. And did have a tech focus? Maybe like women in tech, but it was particularly more focused on women. And then again, we were FinTech. And so that was everybody. I mean, I thought in terms of presentation, um, the Harvard guys Same. like told Killed a really it. good story, but mm-hmm. it, the whole millennial thing just didn't connect with the L, like we're talking to older LPs. And I think and one thing too in their presentation that stood out to me is they were asked, like, are you because they were European? One yeah. was from Germany and one was from France, and then they were asked explicitly, like, where are you targeting your millennial from? And they're like, oh, it's U.S. based. But they had very clearly pitched some European companies. And so when you're looking at your investment thesis, that's a huge flaw. Um, but they were really good at presenting. Like their presentation was great, but that's a little bit dicey yeah. on the investment thesis angle. And the judges are three like limited partners. Um, two were on nonprofits, and then one was from the Soros Wealth Management Company. Mm-hmm. Um, so more like private equity. but. Um, I think like with the the women in tech, they thought that was, and they were focused on like geographic and mm-hmm. demographic, so it was very niche. So they didn't they didn't there wasn't as much breadth. And I would say for Wharton, again, we didn't see Dartmouth, but Wharton's they had a really unique idea surrounding drones, and you could tell that they had really done their due diligence in terms of their companies and what um, what the opportunity was in that space. I think that their maybe weakness was, again, came up in the Q&As because he's like, oh, this is awesome. You guys have talked a lot about drones. So which one of you has a drone or like actively plays with one or, you know, works with one? And it was like crickets. And they all kind of looked at each other. And so I think that was another just kind of a flaw in your investment thesis of, again, I think the judges were looking for something that was going to be can you really launch this tomorrow? Like, it does the story make sense? And that was kind of yeah. They're looking for the passion, the, the drone geek, the technical mm-hmm. aspect of it. And they just didn't have that, um, which we thought a lot about when we were thinking about our sector. Like, three of us had finance backgrounds, and we all had different roles within the industry. And so I think we thought a lot more about our team makeup and how that would be applied to the our strategy and, and mm-hmm. fund. And that I think that's was the main feedback we got 
in terms of our strengths versus other. And then they also really liked our all of our companies. So they thought we did mm-hmm. a great job on our company due to and how it fit within our um, investment. So then they went through the teams one by one and gave all the candid feedback. And so mm-hmm. I remember sitting there being like, trying to overanalyze our feedback, right? Like, I don't know, is that good, is that bad, I'm not sure. And then in particular at the end, one, they gave like one form of constructive feedback and then the other judges were like, oh, I have nothing to say. And so I personally took that to be kind of a bad sign because I was like, oh, well, they're just we, not yeah, even interested. Yeah, we had two judges give us feedback. Okay. Mm-hmm. And only I would say only like one of them was more positive. The other one was pretty negative, and then the other one didn't say anything. And we're like, oh, no, we're, exactly. we're, we're like, screwed. Like, there's you no don't even to have feedback. It was like, do you remember our presentation? Where the three judges piped in for everyone else's feedback, and so I distinctly remember getting less feedback, and I was worried about that. <laughs> I see. And so tell me. We know the result, but... Yeah, well, they actually surprised us on the announcement, too, because they're like, oh, runner-up. So it's supposed to be 5K takes all, right? Um, and all of a sudden, when they announced it, they're like, oh, we're doing a runner-up because it's 1,000. And that was Warden. Mm-hmm. And then, wow. So we, so we got though. four of the five, right? Which is fine because there's four of us, so it worked Which out. Which was perfect. It's, but when you had to, you know, pay out of pocket for all this and the time you put into it, you, you know, it was a little like, all right, like. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say, when I saw Warren get the one or up, I was a little bit. I wouldn't say questioning our abilities because we killed it. But they had a really strong presentation, and so if you asked me outside of us, Warren would definitely have been the favorite. And so when they got runner-up, I was just like looking around, like. Um, and what was what was their fund? That was the drones. That was the drones. Mm-hmm. So when they announced when they announced runner-up, did you think that you were even first place or just we're just out of the game now? I thought we were out of the game. But that's why I was like, oh, if Warren's number two, then I don't know what's like we're out. I mean, because we <laughs> yeah, it was it was. It was a tough call. You might have been thinking it was that one that you didn't see then. Probably. Yeah, that's exactly. what I exactly. We didn't. We didn't even oh, see. Oh, that's right. The first fintech fund. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we we're like, oh, there's another fintech fund. We had no idea how they did. So that was Dartmouth. Yeah. So we'll cut it. Yeah, it was kind of. We had no idea. And what, what was I, so the announcer says in runner up we have Wharton with drone whatever, mm-hmm. drone CF, that's DCF, and then we have first place we have Wildcat Wealth. And what did you think? Did y'all just look at each other? I would well, Frank like jumped slam up and the <laughs> table and got up. Oh my gosh! And yeah, Frank like, like, well, I think we all stood up. Yeah. And then I remember Frank squeezing me like literally, I could not even breathe, and he was so jacked. And so I was equally excited, but I also couldn't breathe. And so, and Carlos, just being Carlos, <laughs> he was excited. Probably got a though. big smile. Yeah, he was really excited. I would say holistically speaking, the team was very happy, very proud. So the whole, the whole point of, of this is I wanted to talk with a team that was a little bit different instead of just talking about startups and blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about, because we have, it's EVC, and we have a lot of folks that are interested in VC and folks who just don't know, like myself, what it is and how to get involved. But if we have to rewind now. What would you do differently? That's Go there. a great question. Literally, the very first club I joined, like in a club, was Entrepreneur Venture Capital Club, and I remember like just going um, to like at the 
t- that first summer I started Kellogg, they had like Friday happy hour, and I would roll in on the bus on Friday and just head straight there. As I kind of went throughout Kellogg, I just kept going to a lot of um, pitch nights because um, there would always be like VCs as the judges at those. Um, so whether it was at 1871, um, I went to a lot of matter events, um, a lot of Kellogg events. Um, so I mean, from the start, yeah, get involved with the clubs um, and then getting involved in sort of the community here in Chicago. What advice would you give to people about picking the right people for a team for a competition like this? Well, I think in our case, having the overlap of interest was a strength. And I think because we were just developing one fund and it was very targeted on one sector, um, certainly diversity of thought is good, um, probably better, but it also, you really need to think about your team needs to match the goal that you're trying to achieve. So in our sense, I would say that our team very much did match that. If you were going to launch a fund that was focused on ag, healthcare, technology, then you're gonna wanna have people that have a little bit of a different of an interest so that they can kind of be the experts in all those different areas or be well networked in those spaces or different things. And so I would say the advice in picking a team is make sure the skill set like matches, like I said, match what you're trying to achieve. And then also that everyone is bringing a different skill set to it. So like I said, Eric was our chief investment officer. I was the chief operating officer. Carlos was our chief entrepreneur officer. We made that title up, but it like very much fit his experience. And then Frank was business development. So our team, um, like collaborative approach is what mm-hmm. we also apply to our in- investment philosophy. So we were looking for entrepreneurs that rather than trying to, con- so the, the most successful like fintech companies are still banks. They just have huge market mm-hmm. shares. And so our th- thought process was we were looking for entrepreneurs who are willing to team up and form partnerships and work collaboratively with the industry giants. Yeah, the incumbents of the mm-hmm. industry, rather than trying to compete one-on-one with banks. Because a lot of times, particularly in fintech, I feel as if people are looking at those companies that are gonna disrupt the industry. And so we're like, well, everyone's trying to disrupt the financial industry. There's a lot of value in having the incumbents, like they've been there for a while. And so why don't we leverage the new entrepreneurs in these new startup companies to help like evolve the fintech industry? And so that was more of our play on the philosophy. What advice would you give to another group of Kellogg folks or whomever who just wanted to do something? Practice before you get to the competition. Um, I would say we were very confident in our fund. We were confident in the philosophy, our companies, like the word behind it was awesome. I think we could have saved ourselves a little bit of anxiety in having had a flawless presentation. Like I said, we went into it like, all right, here, let's go team, we're gonna do this. But you could mitigate a little bit of your stress level if you just practice a couple times in Chicago before you leave to whatever city you're going to. So we definitely got ranked, or I mean, hit on we we were the only team yeah, that had that no, no cards because <laughs> we we just didn't feel prepared enough and so we like kind of had to handicap ourselves um but it made sure we got our story mm-hmm. across and like weren't up there kind of blanking out um but yeah if we had practiced more than i think we would hands down would have been much much better you mentioned eric the entrepreneurial 
um, sorry, the venture capital class with mm-hmm. Prof, Prof Baker and Marie Braunemann. You mentioned that class. Any other classes that both of you think were very integral to to helping you win? I would say I took um, early stage venture capital, like impact investing, and that was focused on those like startups and entrepreneurs that were trying to have a social impact. But the professor, um, it was Tasha Seitz, she did a great job. She works for Impact Engine. And she did a really great job of like teaching us just sort of how Impact Engine goes about evaluating their portfolio companies and making investment decisions. And so I would say that I leaned heavily on that class in terms of putting together the structure for how our fund was going to evaluate our portfolio companies and then ultimately make our investment decisions. So I found that class to be very helpful. Their class year? No, I mean, in terms of prepping for this, that was, that was the only class that I think directly helped. Um, otherwise, I just leveraged my work experience. So working Same. direct with women and partners, I kind of knew their mindset, what they're looking for. And that that's Frank also kind of had that insight. So we leveraged more our work experience. Any, any other advice you have for Northwestern's VC department or that you would want them to change or improve? I think they could definitely build that out more, especially because now that it's like, technically I'm following this pathway that's called entrepreneurship and venture capital. And there's a ton of entrepreneurship innovation classes. I've taken all those, but really the only VC class Mm -hmm. that I took was this uh, finance class. And so I think they could definitely build out um, another class. Um, and maybe like now that they have like the growth and scaling, you could almost break it down like the VC class by like, okay, do you want to focus on working with seed stage entrepreneurs or do you want to work more at scaling up a startup and have it that like two different mm-hmm. focus? And here's kind of an off topic piece of advice, but I recently heard it. I went to one of the events hosted by EVC and one of the individuals who um, works in venture capital in the Chicago community he gave some advice that I literally wrote down and it was like a lot of times, you know, we talk about like going to these events, going to these events, um, get to know your classmates, get to know people in the industry. And if you look around, you find there's often like, oh, I know all the people at Kellogg who are interested in venture capital, maybe some money bankers, maybe some private equity and, and some like entrepreneurs. And then he mentioned like, you also need to take the time to get to know people in other disciplines, like people who are in operations or you know focused on other stuff because when you're working in the venture capital industry, yes, you need to have a good relationship with the other investors, but you also need to have good relationship with those people who are gonna be out there like launching companies and sort of on the other side of the deals. And so just to spend your time, he had said that he erred on the side of knowing all the people who are interested in investing but really just spreading your time so that you are well connected to both sides because you're gonna have to like source deals and then do um, co-deals with people. So I thought that was good. There you have it. That's Eric Masters and Clarissa Bonilla representing Wildcat Wealth and Kellogg. They are both still very interested in pursuing investments and finance, but have different tracks. Eric wants to focus on tech and Clarissa loves agriculture and wants to start a fund called Emerald Capital. You'll have to ask her exactly why she chose Emerald. I'm John Lee, and you've been listening to My Startup Journey. If you haven't already, please remember to subscribe and write us a quick review as it would mean a lot to us. Let us know what topics you'd like to cover and if there's anyone that you'd like us to interview. Until next time, 
keep dreaming. Should we start off? We should we should start off to harmonize that way. Ready? No, I mean, is if that gonna be the intro? If you're listening. Whoa. Whoa. Sing it back. Whoa. Whoa.